Someone sent me a podcast the other day of this cardiologist who was like, you know, I decided to leave my job as a conventional cardiologist because I learned the truth about everything and I discovered healthy living and I discovered, you know, whatever, all the supplements and all this stuff. And they're like, hey, what do you think of this guy? So this guy and, and many doctors that are like this, they will say that, hey, I left my job as a net normal doctor. I was indoctrinated by the system, the medical school system and residency. All they teach you is how to fix disease and do this, that and the other thing. And I had to I gave that all up so that I could be an advocate for you and really get to the root cause and really treat disease. Whenever you hear stuff like this, you have to be very, very careful because most of these people probably not telling the truth. There's a few reasons why doctors may do this. Some of these times it may be because they lost their medical license. You can easily Google their name. Just type in something like Dr. Allo medical license, right? Or whatever their name is. Doctor, first name, last name, medical license. And you will actually have the court filings, the medical board meetings from the state that they live in, the PDF documents, everything. It's all public knowledge. It's not a secret and it has to be open information. And you can go to those websites and find out exactly what happened and why it happened. So that's number one. Number one, they probably lost their medical license or what have you. The other reason that they do this, which is probably more common, is they're trying to sell gullible people this fantasy dream. And I don't mean gullible like in a bad way. I just mean that people just don't know. Like not that you're gullible because you're dumb or don't know you're stupid, but it's just you don't know how the medical system works. You don't know how medical school works. You have these super intelligent people that go to school to learn the basics and the foundation of cell biology, microbiology, viruses, bacteria, human anatomy, whatever it might be, all the different classes we took, neuroanatomy, and then you do residency, which is like taking care of sick patients in a hospital or in clinics. And then the, the rest of the, a lot of it is on you. You as a physician, they, we don't teach you everything. Even the cardiology fellows that I teach, the future cardiologists that I teach, they're not going to learn everything. And I tell them, don't take what I say as gospel because it may be old news. I remember some of the attendings that we would round with we're not up to date. I think when you first start a residency, like you start internal medicine, the internal medicine doctors you work with for the, for the first six months to 18 months, they know way more than you, right? As time progresses, because you're in learning mode and you're studying for board exams and you're doing journal clubs and you're going to morning reports and you're going to didactics, you begin to know a lot more than the teachers that are teaching you. Now, this is not every doctor. This is like the residents that really want to. A lot of residents will just repeat nonsense, you know, from the good old days, like, you know, Mona, M-O-N-A. This is something even back in my residency days that we used to tell people, if somebody's having a heart attack, you just give them Mona, which is morphine, oxygen, nitro, aspirin, right? First of all, it's completely wrong. First of all, you don't even start with morphine. They don't necessarily need oxygen if their oxygen saturations are fine. Nitro does not save their lives. It just feels better. And aspirin is probably the only thing on there that is actually guideline-directed medical therapy, meaning that you actually should do. There's about nine other things that you should do. I still have residents today, when they're rounding with me, talk about Mona. They're like, oh yeah, Mona, you know, somebody's having a hard time giving Mona. I'm like, no, 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 what are you talking about, Mona? 
they're like, oh yeah, you know, they took out morphine because it increased death rates. Maybe it's Bona, you know, beta blockers and oxygen. So it's like, no, no, no. So the issue is a lot of times they're just not up to date and never really got up to date. But the problem with a lot of these doctors that are like anti-establishment or anti-medicine, anti-big, big medicine or big whatever, they have a point to a certain degree. You know, a lot of medicine has become corporatized, but they're also like overblowing it to a huge uh, extent. Like, for example, like for, for me personally, I'm in private practice. We could do almost anything we want. I can see where like a, a, an employed physician who's employed by a big system has to do what they say. You do get graded on like, if there's a heart attack patient that leaves the hospital without aspirin, that's a huge no-no because they're more likely to have a, another heart attack if they don't end up on aspirin. So things like that are obvious. You know, if somebody has a heart attack and they're discharged without being on aspirin, that is a huge problem. The hospital gets dinged, you get dinged, everybody gets in trouble. Medicare may not pay the hospital for you taking care of that uh, patient or, or, or to take pay the hospital for taking care of the patient, not you personally as a doctor. So I think a lot of these doctors, once they start talking like this, there's probably more to the story and you have to be very inquisitive. Let's take away all of the ethical doctors that are talking kind of like how I just explained, where you kind of have to go along with some of this stuff, right? No big deal. You got to follow the guidelines, guideline directed therapy, work within the system. The people that run these big institutions are generally not physicians. So you got to learn how to work with them. They're corporate people. They're smart. They're business people. They want to maximize profits while maximizing patient care. I get that. That's the majority of physicians you probably talk to. There's that handful, maybe three to 5%. They're always online and they're always like, the system is this and the system is that. And they go on and on and on about how horrible the healthcare system is. Even though we have the best healthcare system in the world to date, we do spend a lot on our healthcare um, and we have the sickest patients. We have the most amount of people with chronic disease, yet we're still doing a fantastic job of um, prolonging life and, uh, you know, whatever, you know, the good outcomes that we have, like, you know, not that many people die of heart attacks anymore. The death rates, mortality rates, uh, rehospitalization rates have all gone down. So things that you can actually measure have all improved. Now you could argue with me, well, no, you know, based on the latest rankings, we're ranked 34th in the world. Okay, sure. It depends on how you want to measure it. But ask any of those people in those other countries if they would trade their healthcare system for ours or they would rather come here, they probably would. Now, obviously, there's a huge amount of problems with the medical insurance uh, situation and third-party payer systems and all that. I've talked about it. There's not a whole lot we can do about it. But when you have a doctor always talking about how they left medicine or they didn't agree with corporate medicine or big medicine and they left their cushy jobs and now they started out on their own, you got to be a little bit suspicious. And here's how you find out if they um, are telling the truth or they have any uh, another agenda. One of the ways is to click on their links. Are they selling their own brand of supplements? That should be a huge red flag because what they're doing generally is they're building a case for why they you need their supplements and you need their help rather than you taking aspirin and your heart failure medications just buy my heart failure supplements instead I'm a cardiologist I used to work in medicine 
I, you know, we weren't really curing people. We were just patching them up. We didn't get to the root cause of disease. You really just have a selenium deficiency or some other nonsense. Like humans do not have a selenium deficiency. And you have all these functional, natural, whatever practitioners, chiropractors, mostly even, even, you know, pharmacists jump on this. And even doctors, that's what I'm talking about. Really mainly doctors jumping on this bandwagon of instead of us trying to actually take care of you and help you, we are actually trying to just sell you supplements. So they build this huge case around supplements and you'll notice in their uh, videos or their, their conversations or what they post online, they're like, see, see what happens to this to you if you do this. And they'll post like a study or a graphic or a, a meme or some internet, you know, repost of some sort saying, look what happens when you do this, you end up with, you know, a limb amputation, for example. Why didn't, why didn't they cure the root cause of this disease? Why do we have to wait till you're amputating your leg? So a lot of that stuff is just nonsense. And it's people trying to scare you into buying their solution. So what they do, this is called PAS, Problem Agitate Solve. They try to create a huge problem. Like there's these huge accounts on Instagram or TikTok or whatever social you want to look at. All they focus on is one problem. Your hormones, your hormones, or I'm the I'm the thyroid healer, I'm the thyroid whisperer, or I'm the uh, you know I'm the cholesterol balance person, or whatever it might be. They they have this whole profile around this one single problem, and every single video or post or social media interaction they have is agitating that problem. Their job is to just agitate, 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 and then ultimately the problem agitation leads to a solution and that solution is generally their supplements or their brand of whatever it might be come by my you know red light tanning bed or my blue blocker glasses or my special infrared sauna or you know something or other and they want to sell it because they're an expert they sell it like at 10 times the price of what it should be you can get blue blocking glasses in any gas station you know for five bucks or amazon or whatever but they're selling you the 180 dollar pair because they got their name on it, um, things like that. So that's one way of knowing if these doctors or accounts on the social media platforms are actually lying to you or telling the truth. Um, there are a lot of other ways. You can look at their um, links and see what else they offer. A lot of them are, you know, hocus pocus, book a consult with me, which may be okay. There's nothing wrong with booking a consult, but ultimately they're agitating that same problem and ultimately, they're going to lead you to their supplements or what have you. Another way you can tell is they have unrealistic promises or guarantees. If they're like, buy my supplement, it's $60 a bottle or $100 a bottle per month and sign up for the annual program and you get it for $600, which is a huge discount compared to the $1,200 you might pay. They make these outrageous promises and unrealistic promises or guarantees. And then they have this like, well, if you don't like it, just return it and we'll, re we'll refund you your money. How many people are really going to call and return a $60 bottle of unused turmeric or biotin or purpurine or whatever like it might be? Just some made up stuff. I just made that one up. But that's kind of um, what, what they do. Another way you can tell that they're probably fake or selling you something is they're unwilling to answer questions or provide data or cite studies. Or what they'll do is they'll throw up a study real quick on screen that might say something around that problem. Like, look at this. If you don't heal your hormones, you'll never lose weight or something like that. And it'll be a study where if you actually read the study, go to PubMed and look up the study, you'll quickly learn that 
uh, that study had nothing to do with uh, what they're saying. Um, another thing you'll notice is they put a lot of pressure on you to make a decision. Let's say you do book a call with them or you interact with them somehow, you DM them, whatever. There's a lot of pressure on you. They start pressuring you to make a decision without actually answering your question. If you ask me in my DMs, hey, doc, my LDL is 158. I'm a 58-year-old female. I have a calcium score of 110. What should I do? I'll give you an answer. I'm not going to be like, oh, just uh, buy my supplement, my calcium score reducing supplement. All you got, it's all you got to do. It's called blah, 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 Dr. Aloe Heart Health or, you know, some nonsense like that, right? Another way that you can tell, especially when they're like calling themselves doctor, you got to be very careful because almost anybody can call themselves doctor now. There's like doctors of physical therapy. There's doctors of functional medicine. There's doctors of nursing. There's doctors of whatever. There's PhDs that are doctors. There's all these doctors of all kinds. Click and search them and Google them. Find out what their credentials are. If they're not a medical doctor, an MD or a DO, doctor of osteopathic medicine, they're not actually a physician or a surgeon or whatever it might be. They're actually just somebody who has a different type of degree that offers a doctorate program, maybe a PhD, maybe whatever it was they did. And that's one way of knowing that this is nonsense. Um, but sometimes somebody has a PhD in nutritional sciences, like Lane Norton, for example, or whoever it might be. They're very, very uh, certified and qualified to talk in that regard. They can talk about nutrition and science and weight loss all the time because they actually are a PhD in that. So that's one uh, thing to know. Another way, another way you can tell is you look at patient reviews. You go online, search these people up. If they've got a whole whole bunch of reviews that say, you know, I walked through the door the second I got in there, it was very salesy. The, the doctor didn't even meet with me. He had me meet with his doctor staff and his doctor staff were all chiropractors or whatever it was. Um, that's very suspicious. If you think you're going to see a cardiologist and you're meeting physical therapists and chiropractors instead, and they're selling you their supplements, and they've got this whole sales pitch, and how we can help heal you when the conventional medical system couldn't, and all this nonsense, you definitely need to be very aware. Another way to know is that you got to watch out for uh, these uh, like weird ways of making payment. They're like, well, why don't you wire me $5,000, and I'll tell you. Like, wait, what? Wire you $5,000? Or give me two Bitcoins, or like whatever it might be. Obviously, most of us growing up in this time and age, age and time, or this era, probably won't fall for that. But unfortunately, sometimes my elderly patients uh, will fall for stuff like this because they just don't know any better. They're like, oh yeah, what is, uh, how do I wire you $5,000? And they give you some weird offshore account thing and you kind of uh, get in trouble. Um, the other thing you, the other way you can tell is just kind of an unprofessional website or an unprofessional presence. A reputable physician is not going to have a website that's like done by a five-year-old. Don't get me wrong. Back in the old days, everybody did that. Hey, you, you know, my teenagers know how to do websites. I call them. They do the websites. I started, my first job was actually making websites, but I was like 17 or 18 years old because I knew how to make websites. I knew how to code in HTML and JavaScript, and that's how websites were made. It's a lot easier now, but most websites look professional, but when the person's actions and demeanor are unprofessional, um, that should be a red flag. Now, there are times when you need to be 
harsh and critique others. I have a lot of videos where I critique others, but mainly it's critiquing people to help them not harm others, to bring about awareness to this problem. I don't want you to see like Gary Brecka's videos about cold plunges and then spend $7,000 buying his cold plunge machine tub thing when you don't have to. You save your $7,000 and don't do it because the science doesn't really support anything. Or buying their $180 blue blocker glasses because it's going to enhance whatever they're saying it'll enhance. So um, those are uh, some of the ways to know that, you know, when you hear a doctor talking about how they revolted against the system or they raged against the machine, that is usually a red flag and a sign that something fishy is going on. Another one that I just thought of actually is when somebody's talking out of their specialty. If you have like a cardiothoracic surgeon whose job is to replace your valves when you need heart surgery and they're talking about your brain or ACL surgery or how to do shoulder surgery or something crazy like that, you need to be like, dude, what are you talking about? That's not your specialty. That's not, you don't know anything about this. Like even me, myself, I've had ACL surgery. That was 2017. I've had rotator cuff surgery in 2020. I mean, I'm by no means an expert in ACL surgeries and rotator cuff surgeries. I can share my experience of what it felt like and what I went through. But do not ask me a single question about how to fix those. That is not my specialty at all. And I would never dare answer those questions. Sure, we are very smart and educated and we could probably learn a lot, but it's not the same as actually doing it. If I, as a cardiologist, looked up a ton of research on ACL surgery, I could probably know enough about it. But it's not the same as going to a guy who does 10 or 15 ACL surgeries a week or a day or a month or whatever it might be. Somebody can look up cardiac disease, like how to do a heart catheterization and put in stents, it's not, but it's nowhere near like the guy that actually does it. Or somebody could look up how to put in a pacemaker, but it's not going to be anything like a cardiologist who actually puts in pacemakers. Somebody could look up cholesterol, like Google, is cholesterol really bad for you, and then come up with a bunch of nonsense and studies that show some stuff that is anti-establishment and what have you, but it's not the same as what a lipidologist would know. And a lipidologist is a special kind of physician who specializes in the uh, taking care of lipids or you know advanced cholesterol type stuff. Um, so those are just some thoughts for the weekend. Um, I hope you like this podcast. If you want to discuss any of these, join my community. We talk about these all the time. Um, that's where we have our conversations around all of these podcasts. It's always in the links. I appreciate you all. We're in, we're over 7,000 downloads on uh, iTunes and all the other places. So if you guys want anything for me to discuss in particular, um, please let me know. We'll do. Uh, I'll answer your questions. If you want to submit a voice memo and I can play your voice live on here, uh, we could do that too. I could play your uh, question live and then I'll answer it. And, uh, you know, I can give you the full rundown and details uh, on that. Um, I really appreciate you guys. Please spread this message. I don't personally get anything out of it. I just want people to be healthier and not get scammed. Share this with all your friends. Peace. <laughs>